however, so the scientists there hypothesize that about 100 more genes could be removed from the JZVI-10 genome without sacrificing its function. Although, they were not sure which 100 genes to remove, which poses a big fucking problem. They're like, hey, wait, okay. we think we could, uh, we think we probably get rid of this and this and this. Well, which ones? Well, we're not you sure yet. You spent all this time asking if you could, but <laughs> never asking if you should. It's like, didn't you wait? Aren't you putting the cart before the horse just a bit? Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental planes that they're building? And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome, everybody, to another Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. And I am a sweaty mess. <laughs> oh, I thought it's not hot over there? Or is it, uh, you said some of rain earlier. Oh, we've been having a very northwest type of spring up here. Oh, um, Down here, you. I guess, in relation to you. Yeah, it's been <laughs> rainy and cool for, mo- like, I mean, it's doing typical Utah shit where it's, like, rainy and cool and then all of a sudden random 95 degree day and then... Yeah back to like rain and 80s you know i I gotta say i don't miss that i mean i you know not saying we don't have that here but holy shit dude you know it's a thing we got hit with a fight welcome to strange uncle's weather report yet again i don't know why we fucking get into this but fucking anyway yeah we had like a hot streak like four days i think and it it got like it was like 95 one day and i was like what the fuck is it and then the next year 68 so i'm like okay all right somebody decide what the hell you're doing up there so there's that but good times. Yeah. It's always good times. Right. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but welcome everybody. Welcome to strange uncles. Um, I will start out. So again, just quick caveat. We should be okay with what we're releasing. Of course, this is going to come out this weekend. Um, fun topic. I think I like Josh and I like it, you know, so fuck you guys. If yeah. You don't. Um, we're going to kind of get into it, but uh, I actually, and I was talking a little bit to you, you know, before the recording, um, the wife gave me a late birthday present, which is awesome. I love it. You know, like I said, most of you know, I got a newborn, all that stuff. She's a little over a month old. I mean, we've been doing okay. You know, I'm back to work. The wife still has maternity leave. But she's like, look, I'm going to go to my sister's in Seattle for a few days and just bond and support and da-da-da. Why don't you take your road trip to Denver, um, pull in the teardrop camp. We got a little teardrop camper. And so she's like, just go. I'll go this way. You go that way. And let's meet in the middle in a week. And, uh, you know, get blow some steam off or whatever have you. I'm like, oh, my God, honey, there's a reason I love you. So taking off Sunday and, uh, yeah, heading to Denver for a, a concert a band that I've been waiting to see for, like, over fucking three decades, it seems. And uh, just getting on the road, you know, and it'll be nice. Memorial weekend, but I'm leaving Sunday, so I shouldn't hit much traffic. I think it'll be a little bit better off than getting in the mix of all that back and forth crap, you know. So, yeah, you're going when people are already where they're headed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, it should be pretty, pretty decent. And then coming back, of course, will be nil to none. So, you know, 
Hey, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But I'll be on the road. Like I said, reach out. You know, I have my cell phone on me. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll have something released for next week. Um, but if you're a Patreon member, maybe a little slow. Usually we try to get episodes out to you guys, you know, a few days ahead of the regular, uh, regular fandom. Um, it might not drop that quick. So just, you know, just FYI. Not the end of the world. If it is, I guess you can cancel your Patreon subscription. I guess if you're that butthurt, it's that. Sure. So, <laughs> whatever. Please it is. don't. We need your money. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, what else is going on, on your side, man? Oh, not a lot. You know, just enjoying partial retirement. Fucking oh, Jesus. Signed up for yield unemployment today. Oh, fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. Pumped. Uh, yep. How long you play be that on game? the dole? Are you? What's that? How long you play that game? You're just kind of like, uh, well, they'll give it to me for a year. Oh, wow. A year? Yeah. Did they change the rules? Holy shit. That's pretty good. Well, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, the math doesn't exactly add up, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm just <laughs> going to take does. my time. Yeah. Wait until, uh, I mean, I have to apply for like four things a week. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They still got that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to, while doing that, be just looking for something that actually sounds like fun and hopefully it takes until the end of the summer to find something there, there you go to yeah. a man with a plan fuck there's no wrong till the next spring you know yeah there, there you go <laughs> Make i'm in no for sure uh you don't sound like you are i know you well and uh, yeah I, I don't blame you one bit dude i i would take you up on that offer any day of the week i'll tell you what it's, dude it's it's Ugh. been nice I can it's been nice. I recommend yeah. everybody take some time and uh, don't work for a while. Well, and I'll tell you honestly, you know, it partially my fault because I had a newborn, but you know, between that and between work and the projects and we're shifting yet again, it's just like, I, I can't catch a break. I just cannot catch. It's insane. It's, it's crazy on my side. So yeah, kind of, kind of jealous, I guess if nothing else, but I don't blame you. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <fucker>. Yeah. <laughs> I've got else. big Memorial day plans too. Going to go, Sometime this weekend, catch a movie at Broovies with the gang. Probably, nice. probably. Uh, well, not probably. It's going to be either the machine, which looks super stupid, but oh, really. Is funny. that Burt Kreshner? His thing. I think. Yeah, I think I Mark saw Mark Hamill's in it, so that gets my nerd vote. Oh no shit! Um, that's and then uh, the other movie that's playing there is Fast Ten. Your seatbelts. I hate um, to say it, but I watch them and I love them. I mean, they're just junky fun, but they're fun. Never seen know? one start to finish. Uh, oh, wow. But, you know, when you're here, your family or whatever. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks dumb as fuck, but it also looks a lot like a lot of fun. Oh, I lied. I did watch Hobbs and Shaw start to finish. I was going to say that spinoff. That wasn't too but bad. But does that yeah. count? I don't know. Really Maybe count? it's kind of in the universe. I honestly, so we don't see that new Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh, and I fucking I, loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm like, I didn't expect to have it be as really good as it was. It was just well put together. I, It was fun. It was fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movie talk, show talk. I know that, like I was talking earlier about checking out Picard season three, haven't got into that. And then here's another fun thing real quick, and then we'll get into the bulk because, you know, we, we always just like discussing movies and TV shows and shit like that. Um, it's a soft opener. Something it is. Like yeah, there you go. There you go. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, again, I, I've got, you know, he's got a spot in my heart forever. I don't know why. It's just what it is. Uh, Netflix, he's got a new show out, which is it. it is supposed to be like part two of true lies but it's a series called fubar and it dropped today and i cannot wait to see it. it's like his character 
but it's a it's a series. It's going to be a thing on Netflix called Fubar. It looks really fun. I didn't re- like. Is it directly tied to True Lies, or is it just kind of like? I it? think because indirectly. It's like similarities, right? Like he works for a spy agency. He, you know, yeah, stuff like, like what that. I got from the trailer was they've kind of figure out that they're both spies, like him and his daughter. So I'm not giving away spoilers because it's just the trailer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, it, it looks, looks fun. super fun. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. So I might check that out too. So we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, man. Um, let's just jump into it. I, I think we'll start from there if you're cool with it. Uh, are you ready to get science? I know. Here's the thing. So let's start with the premise here. Um, this is pretty scientific. I mean, we're, we're just going to put that flat out. There's some things that get ready for me to butcher some words. <laughs> no shit. It's going to sound kind of drawn on, but the, the whole premise of this topic is uh, I, Josh and I just think it's fucking amazing. You know, we've been kind of kicking around for a bit. Um, it's just interesting. So yeah, if you want to jump into it, man, let's, uh, let's roll. Let's it. science the shit out of this. bitch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, like I said, every now and again, you know, we want to step out of the cryptid UFOs world, shit like that. And we just want to do something that they're not really odd. They're just fun, you know, and they're interesting. And that's exactly what this is. So listeners, lucky you, um, we have one of those topics today. And, uh, again, been working on this a little bit. We finally gave it some closure. And so if you've never heard, and we'll, we'll premise here, uh, the whole, uh, term of synthetic biology, um, well, here you go, because I mean, this is part of it. Uh, and it's just interesting because, you know, as you go through it, you know, hang on to your hats because it, it, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just very, very interesting. So let's make some dingo dango GMOs. There you go. There you go. Open the gates, everybody. All right. So. Um, well, let's start here. Let's start defining it because I'll be honest with you up to like two years ago, synthetic biology was not in my wheelhouse. Like I never really heard the term, you know, put together like that. So I don't, I don't know if you did on your side, but, uh, no, uh, I've never heard the phrase like, uh, when I was reading through this, it was like, okay, like none of this is stuff that's completely like, oh my God, I've never heard of anything like it, but right, uh, I right. had not heard the term before. Exactly. Yeah. It, this isn't like way out science fiction. You know, they're making like lizards from, you know, it's not like that, but it is interesting nonetheless. So we'll, we'll kick it off. So let's define uh, synthetic biology and we'll start with, we'll start with syntheticbiology.org um, and then we'll go on to a couple other things too. So what they define it as, uh, synthetic biology is the design and construction of biological parts, devices, and systems, redesign of existing natural biological systems for useful purposes. And that's a key. So pay attention to that because we'll come back to that later. Um, there's another, so the Commission on Genetic Modification, uh, kind of the same definition. They take a little bit different. Um, design and synthesis of artificial genes and complete biological systems and change in existing organisms aimed, aimed at acquiring useful functions. Again, the useful functions thing is what we kind of want to focus on a bit. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we got this long bullshit definition from, no offense, guys, from the Engineering and Biologic, or actually European Commission. Um, and they have this whole thing, which is just, that kind of wraps it up, I guess. Uh, engineering and biologic components and systems that do not exist in nature and the re-engineering of existing biologic systems, it is determined on the intentional design of artificial systems rather than an understanding of natural biology. 
Woof. Okay, so there's a lot there. So, I mean, in Indeed, hindsight, a mouthful even. I know, right? So in hindsight, man, basically this just mean what 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 gets me is you know you're you're something it's not natural. You're even though it's biology, you're turning into something that really doesn't exist in nature, and you're making it exist. Really, I mean, if you have to boil it all down. You know, that might be. But again, you know, we say we want to emphasis on the word useful function and useful purposes, because um, the one thing that crossed our mind when we're doing this research is it's just like everything that mankind invented. Right. We yes, it could be invented for good. But what happens when somebody ignores the useful function part and fucks with it and turns it into something that, you know, whatever their dastardly deeds might be? That's the other side of it. It's just like anything. else. We would never. Yeah. Right. That's not fucking human beings at all. But, yeah, there you go. Um, so we will cover that later on. We'll have no fear. We'll bring that up uh, because that basically popped in our heads about how evil you can really be with anything. And definitely synthetic biology. As we read through this, you guys are going to find out that, uh, you know, if it gets in the wrong hands, holy shit. You know, it, it may not be a great, may not be a great thing. Right. So. It's possible um, that things could get bad. Uh, possible, yeah, more than possible. And I, I think there's already some pretty clear-cut examples that we'll <laughs> we'll cover that we didn't know till we we got into this. Um, so synthetic biological biology sometimes gets confused with genome editing, and that's another big word. We're going to throw a lot of big words at you guys, so you know, apologize ahead of time. You know, stand by. Um, in some ways, get, get your dictionary app out. <laughs> right, exactly. In some ways, synthetic biology is similar to genome editing uh, because both involve changing an organism's genetic code. However, some people draw a distinction between these two approaches based on how that change is made. Uh, in synthetic biology, for example, scientists typically stitch together long stretches of DNA and insert them into an organism's genome. These synthesized pieces of DNA could be genes that are found in other organisms, or they could be entirely novel on their own. In genome editing, on the other side, uh, scientists typically use tools and make smaller changes to the organism's own DNA, so not quite as drawn out. Um, Genome editing tools can also be used to delete or add small stretches of DNA in the DNA, and if I... Correct me if I'm wrong, you know, you look in the word um, like splicer and there's some other stuff out there that, that's been out. That's That kind of goes along the genome editing road. Yeah, like CRISPR. Than, yeah, yeah, exactly. But a little bit more than what synthetic biology may do, right? So a lot of big words, but, you know, that's, that's a separation of the two because it is important because there are some experiments that we found and developments that we found that, that really they hinge kind of on that same fence, if you will, right? So... There you go. And now I think we're, yeah, man, if you want to, we're going to jump into some history here, figure out where it came from, and kind of go from there. So, All right. Step into my DeLorean. We're going <laughs> to fucking travel back 30, nope, 40, nope, 50 fucking years. Been a bit. To the 1970s. Uh, and this is where this whole idea started. Um, the actual name of synthetic biology popped up in the 70s when... Vatslav Shabalsky, a renowned geneticist, geneticist. Damn it. So close. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I'm keeping a ticker board over here for how many times I fuck <laughs> things up. Anyway. Uh, I read this already, I promise. Um, anyway, <laughs> a renowned geneticist was using methods that would allow for the development of DNA sequencing with uh, and, and synthesis technologies. Uh, from there, it only grew. However, some argue that 
uh, dabbling in this field actually started as far back as 1828 uh, when one Friedrich Waller, a German chemist who applied ammonium chloride to silver isocyanate to produce urea, the main nitrogen carrying compound found in the urine of animals. Hmm. Um, So when old uh, Frederick did this, Friedrich, pardon, um, he synthesized an organic substance from inorganic matter. Uh, From then on, scientists routinely created organic matter through various conventional chemical processes. So sounds like alchemy to me. (laughs) Right. I wish. Um, And again, the Germans on the cutting edge. Yet again. In the water. Yet again. Um, but we digress. Uh, so jumping back to the 1970s, putting a lot of miles on the old DeLorean today. Um, this is where fun really began. Um, scientists began to conduct experiments with genetic engineering and recombinant DNA technology in which they modified the genetic code of wild type or naturally occurring bacteria by inserting single wild type genes that could alter bacterial function. Uh, sounds like a great idea. What could possibly go wrong? Right, right. Um, yeah, so the, basically inserting wild-type genes into existing bacteria. Um, and this technology led to the production of biologic drugs, agents made from proteins and other organic compounds produced by bacteria with recombinant DNA. One such compound is synthetic insulin. Um, so that sounds mm-hmm. tight. I mean, except for the price gouging and shit. I know, you know? no shit, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we and, don't have to like milk dogs' pancreases for it anymore. We can <laughs> just synthesize Christ. it, but now and, it costs. Uh, yeah, so and, much and, and it's money. it's ridiculous too on the same. So with what to so piggyback what you said there, it's amazing. So yeah, the, the DNA technology right there, inserting single wild types, all this stuff. I, again, you know, it's great. Science is fantastic. However, you're you're at the you know arguments may say you're messing with nature. Is that necessarily a good thing? Uh, you know we're going to find out with some of this stuff. Survey says, um, yeah, right. Well, and so let's talk about insulin real quick. So, fun fact: um, inadequate production of insulin is responsible for the condition called uh, diabetes mellitus, which most of you already know. Millions of us have it, right? Um, severe diabetics require periodic injections of insulin. The first insulin injections utilize hormone extracts, and wait for it, because I, I did not know this, and it sounds like you may have. Uh, they have the extracts from pigs, sheep, and cattle. But by the early 1970s and early 80s, certain strains of bacteria had been genetically modified to produce human insulin. So today, the treatment of diabetes relies primarily on a form of human insulin that is made using recombinant DNA technology, or in other words, synthetic biology right so good example right there and like you said yeah the price gouging fucking ridiculous but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do with that um anyway so traction continued uh, to be made in the early 1970s uh paralleling developments in genetic engineering scientists discovered ways to manufacture customized genes which were built from scratch or what they what's known as de novo Uh, it's latin for a new a one nucleotide or one unit of DNA at a time. So throughout the 1980s and the 90s and in the early 2000s, DNA synthesis technologies became increasingly time and cost efficient, as most things do, right? You start fine-tuning things and they get cheaper, um, thereby yeah. enabling steady advancement and more ambitious experimentation. 
By manufacturing novel structures of DNA, scientists have been able to efficiently create de novo organic compounds that are more complex than those that occur in nature, which that alone is fucking nuts. I mean, nature is complex on its own. Now we're jabbing around with something that's making it even more complex than that. Um, it's crazy. And then what they, could possibly go I wrong? Know, right? It's like a mad scientist thing. Well, and and they're doing it for specific purposes. So as they do these, they're basically modifying them to fit in this lane or this lane type thing, right? Um, in June 2007, scientists at the J. Craig Venter Research Institute, or we're going to shorten it up because you can hear these guys a lot, the JCVI. Uh, for all the ladies, Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's sure. He might have been involved. I don't know. Um, they took synthetic biology to a new level when they successfully transplanted the entire genome of one species of bacterium, uh, which was Mycoplasma mycoids, into the cytoplasm of another uh, Mycoplasma capricolum, accomplishing the first genome transplant ever. Again, 2007, right? So it's amazing. The jump from 1970s to here, you know, da da da. Here we are. Um, the new bacteria were completely devoid of their native genes and, after cell division, became phenotypically equivalent, uh, similar to observable characteristics to their M mycloids. So you basically created Frankenstein. You did this, they mm-hmm. put this in here, and they made a brand new thing over here, um, which is in itself is just like, number one, get a hobby. But, I mean, damn. Well, wow. apparently they've got one. <laughs> pretty, pretty lucrative, too, as far as I understand, but... I mean, honestly, Dr. Frankenstein was just uh, fucking around in his laboratory (laughs) in the graveyard when he made his little old monster. Uh, Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, eh, fucking crazy. Well, you know, there's more. Mm -hmm. Um, In January 2008, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I mean, JCBI (laughs) scientists Daniel G. Gibson and Hamilton O. Smith successfully assembled a modified version of the genome of the bacterium genitalium from scratch. Hmm, I wonder what that is. Words, oh my uh, God. <laughs> a bacterium that can cause urinary and genital tract infections in humans. Uh-huh. Yeah, that now makes it sense. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was markedly different from the one-by-one gene modifications of recombinant DNA research since numerous genes were linked together to create a brand spanking new genome. There it is. The synthetic, yeah, that's fucking wild. Um, the synthetic genome was only slightly different from the natural one. The slight differences kept the genome from becoming pathogenic. Pathogenic. There is no L in there. Or disease causing. Oh, ooh, that's what pathogenic means, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, big brain over here. <laughs> Um, it also allowed it to be identified as artificial. The scientists dubbed this new version M genitalium JCVI 1.0. Sexy. You know, get a bit technical, fancy right. name and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, having 5,800. Wow, I can't read numbers today. <laughs> Five, oh, yeah, that's bigger than Jeez. that, I think. 582,000. Hurt Holy my brain. 582,970 oh. base pairs. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Uh, it was 10 times longer than anything previously as, or than any previously assembled genome. Hmm. JCVI 1.0 was created from 101 custom made overlapping cassettes, each of which was 5,000 to 7,000 nucleotides long. Damn. Um, it's a big bitch. M genitalium. 
was what'd you say? <laughs> no, that's off. What'd you say about M genitalium? <laughs> I know, right? I have nothing against it. Uh, maybe so. Um, M genitalium was chosen for the experiment because it has, because it is the simplest naturally occurring bacterium that can be grown in vitro or under laboratory conditions. Oh. Uh, it's genomes. It's genome is made up of only 482 genes plus 43 RNA coding genes. Uh, so, that's, uh, you know, Only. even though we just threw a bunch of large ass numbers out there, apparently this is a pretty small guy. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it sounds significant, but at the same time, yeah, you know, so to yeah. scale. So before we hype uh, JCVI up too much during this time frame, there was another scientist by the name of Drew Endy who founded the nonprofit BioBricks Foundation. It's a much cooler name. It is totally. Um Andy was developing a catalog of information needed to synthesize basic biological parts or bricks from DNA and other molecules. Uh, other scientists and engineers were able to use this information to build whatever biological products they wanted, knowing that certain bricks would consistently carry out the same function in larger organic constructions. It's kind of like science Legos. I, I mean, guess. that's what it sounds like, right? I mean, you know, yeah. you're making something that's like, here, take this brick and put it over here because it's going to fit in this hole. Right? Interchangeable I mean, parts. It's crazy. Uh, anyway. um, yeah. So anyway, it was Endy's hope that the bio bricks would do for bioengineering what resistors and transistors did for electrical engineering. And he was right. And holy shit, was he right? Because, I mean, that's right there when they did that was the roadblock number one. You know, you're creating these things where they're like a almost like a, a general template of sorts. So now other scientists can take these bricks and they can build whatever they want to build and kind of move things around. Um, Transformer type shit, right? I, it's fucking cra- crazy. Oh, yeah, science. I love science so much. I wish I knew more about it. But anyway. Science! Um, <laughs> well, before we give uh, Indy too much kudos, uh, let's go back to the infamous uh, Jean-Claude Van here uh, because they struck gold. Jean-Claude Van Institute? Is it? There you go. Um, in May 2010, the researchers announced that they had created a 108 million base pair synthetic genome and inserted it into the cytoplasm of a bacterium, making the first functioning life form with a synthetic genome. Yes, we said synthetic life form because really, if you boil everything out, that's really what it is, right? Um, the synthetic cell was named Mycoids, uh, which is a JCVI synth 1.0. Uh, its genome was almost identical to the naturally occurring genome of the mycoids uh, that we talked about earlier, except that it had certain genetic watermarks, quote unquote, if you will, uh, to indicate its synthetic composition. So even though it was acting the same, you could still tell that it wasn't a twin. It's over here, right? Type thing. Does so. Does life begin at splice? I does life what? begin at first splice? Don't don't we are we already got too much shit going on arguing about that. I don't want to go back to even further. You'll piss off somebody, I'm sure. But, S- send it to know. the Supreme Court. I'm sure they'll make the right. Oh, decision. I'm sure. I'm sure. Fucking Supreme Court. Anyway, don't get me on that soapbox. Um, however, so the scientists there hypothesize that about a hundred more genes could be removed from the JZVI 10 genome without sacrificing its function. Although, they were not sure which 100 genes to remove, which poses a big fucking problem. They're like, hey, wait, we think we could, uh, we think we probably get rid of this and this and this. Well, which ones? Well, we're not sure yet. You spent all this time asking if you could, but (laughs) never asking if you should. It's like, didn't you wait? Aren't you putting the cart before the horse just a bit? 
Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, the researchers plan to create this abbreviated genome, which they would then insert into a cell, thereby creating an artificial life form. They plan to call this life form, wait, for, can you guess what they're going to call this one? M. Laboratorium. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Now, we're now, now we're into Frankenstein shit, right? And they filed a patent application for it. So M. Laboratorium would be used as a chassis, basically, uh, to build all the other genes that could be added to create customized bacteria for numerous purses, uh, purposes, Sorry, including uh, forms of fuel, environmental cleaners, uh, they're capable of removing pollutants from soil, air, and water, all this other stuff. Um, the fun facts on this too is, so as we cover this thing and as we go through synthetic biology, some of you may be asking, well, what can it do? We've been talking about bacterium and all this other small shit. However, um, there's a bigger fish to fry here. So some examples that they're actually currently working on or within last decade, let's say, right? Um, one of them is microorganisms harnessed for biomediation to clean pollutants from water, soil, and air, which is great. Sounds great. I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, rice modified to produce beta carotene, a nutrient usually associated with carrots that prevents vitamin A deficiency. Vitamin A deficiency causes blindness in 250,000 to 500,000 children every year, which I didn't know that. That's crazy. And it greatly increases the child's risk of death from infectious diseases. Uh, and then lastly, this last example here, um, yeast engineer to produce rose oil as an eco-friendly and sustainable substitute for real roses that perfumers use to make luxury scents. Granted, that's not curing you know cancer, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, to add to all that, over the last 15 years, there have been a five-fold growth in companies working on aspects of synthetic biology with public and private investment approaching the $10 billion mark, which is huge. Uh, two major applications that are being pursued are bio biofuels and pharmaceuticals. For instance, researchers have been working on the synthetic manufacture of the anti-malarial drug artemisinin, uh, which is produced naturally in the sweet wormwood plant, um, and, but it's slow. The species grows slow, so they can't get a lot of samples coming out of it. So by using the techniques of synthetic biology, scientists teased apart the plant's DNA sequences and protein pathways that produce this and combined them with yeast and bacteria. This increased the production of synthetic artemisinin uh, by some 10 million times, million by the way, uh, the output that was possible in the late 1990s. In the area of biofuels, scientists uh, at numerous companies are trying to create microbes that can break down dense feedstocks such as switchgrass to produce biofuels. Such feedstocks can be grown, processed, and burned in a way that is more efficient, less expensive, and just environmentally sustainable. So that's good. Right? A lot of good stuff there. Um, and we are going to take a quick break, and we will come back, and Josh is going to kick us off with a little bit more of the history. And again, folks, I know this is kind of, you know, might be a little long drawn for some of you, but if you're following, um, it is pretty it is pretty amazing, you know, for the most part. So um, stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? contemplate the other side of reality do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense well look no further than strange uncles find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801 252 6945 open the gates
So in 2016, Jean-Claude Van Institute team created the smallest functioning synthetic cell up to that time. Uh, M. Mycoides JV, JCVI Sin 3.0. Oh my Why God. was that so hard to read? Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Well, people, can you fucking shorten some of this shit down a little bit? Like, oh, what is this? Like, Josh? Um, anyway, go ahead. It, it's almost <laughs> like they wanted to make my podcasting life miserable. I think they did this <laughs> on almost. purpose. Yeah. I'm going to sue. All this research just suing. for us bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Tony, if you're listening to this, what's your retainer? I want to I want to sue these assholes. Let's fucking do it. Uh, anyway. Um, so anyway, J- <laughs> M. Mycoides JCVI Sin 3.0, which contained just... 531,560 base pairs mm. and 473 genes. Is that uh, uh, Sin 3.0, a minimized version of Sin 1.0, was produced using a combination of whole genome design, selecting DNA and organizing it in such a way as to generate a functioning genome, and chemical synthesis. The genome was then transplanted into cytoplasm to test for viability. SYN 3.0 successfully replicated and produced colonies that were similar in form to those of SYN 1.0. The most important genome advancements were to come in 2017, however, uh, when another group of scientists partially synthesized the genome of i asked chat gpt how to pronounce this uh what it's saccharomus saccharomus yeah better than i would have done something like that saccharomus cerevisia i will never say that again cool name for a band the yeast <laughs> the yeast that is used to make bread and brew wine and beer uh most important experiment of all honestly right um so the last stop on this history tour takes us back to the UK in 2020. A team of researchers at the Medical Council Laboratory of Molecular Biology became the first to synthesize, build, and demonstrate that a 4 million base pair synthetic genome is viable. This was huge because 4 million is a lot. That's a lot. This milestone... <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's why this was huge, but it was huge. Uh, This milestone significance lies in the future possibilities that suddenly became extremely attainable. Yes. Um, Future creation of designer bacteria. Sounds terrible. Uh, Virus-resistant bacteria for use as a production organism in the biopharmaceutical industry is now something that synthetic biology is moving towards. And there are active experiments to date to represent this. Hmm. Today, researchers are continuing to push the limits of existing DNA synthesis technology to help understand how genomes work. One group of researchers called the Genome Project Write-Up, or GP Write. Clever. Yeah. Uh, is seeking to synthesize or write whole genomes from human cell lines and the genomes of other plants and animals important to agriculture and public health. The name of their project is a play on the Human Genome Project, HGP. Wow. I just remember Get that. Get fucking life, nerds. Man, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> Crazy shit. In, in 2003, scientists working 
on the HGP sequenced or read more than 3 billion DNA letters or base pairs that make up the human genome. One of the leading motivations for GP Write is to stimulate innovation in DNA synthesis technologies through the proposed research. Importantly, the research in GP Write involving human genomes will occur only in cells and no human embryos will be used in this research. And to that, I say, boo. <laughs> you won't use human embryos? Come on. Jesus, what are you, Catholic? Why why are you letting them shits go to waste? I know, no shit, right? Just ridiculous. Well, hopefully we didn't lose anybody because, I mean, that is, yes, it's history, and it is very scientific-y, finicky history for the most part. But this is kind of where we get in the juice of these things. Um, We ask you this. So when you get into the ethical or the moral implications of this field, right, we cover the history, we cover the definition, we kind of know what it is. Hopefully you guys following along. And so obviously, you know, we laid this timeline out, um, some of the most important projects within, you know, this realm. But as we mentioned in the very beginning, there's another side of the coin on this whole thing, if you will. The impact that the evolution of synthetic biology has on the science field as a whole is not to be underestimated. And I mean, I don't underestimate it. I don't know about you, but you know, it's it's a thing, evidently, right? Um, it blows our I minds guess. just how far this whole thing have come, and and what we we literally have created synthetic nature. I mean, that's what we've done. Um, there's an excerpt that I did find during the research here when we were looking into this, I, and I found it very the closest thing actually to just start this whole. When we talk about ethics. We'll start here. Uh, this was from the National Human Genome Research Institute. Quote. Synthetic biology has created and continues to create a fundamental shift in how we think about biology and the creation of new paradigms. The conventional approach, which was to find what existed in nature, has been flipped on its head. While nature provides an abundance of knowledge and will always continue to do so, the idea of using synthetic, engineered, and even disposable biological parts or systems is opening the door to a new realm of possibility. Projects that propose to synthesize entire genomes raise important ethical questions about potential harms and benefits to society. Many of the ethical questions relevant to synthetic biology are similar to ethical discussions related to genome editing, which we we talked about before. Um, Are humans crossing moral boundaries by redesigning organisms with synthetic biology techniques? If synthetic biology yields new treatments and cures for diseases, who in our society will have access to them? What are the environmental impacts of inducing, introducing modified organisms into the ecosystem? Uh, such ethical questions have been the subject of research since the beginning of the HGP and will continue to be researched as technology evolves and changes. Most scientists, ethicists, and policymakers agree that entire societies must discuss and weigh the potential harms and benefits of synthetic biology in order to answer these questions. Leading voices in bioethics, including the Presidential Commission for the Study of... My fucking God, shorten your title a little bit. Presidential Commission for the Study of Bioethical Issues and National Academies of Sciences... Fuck, Engineering and Medicine. There, it's it's over. um, Have expressed the importance of... (laughs) How do you fit that on a name tag? Hey, fuck it, anyway. Have expressed the importance... Business cards are three by five. I know, right? They have expressed the importance of public engagement and dialogue in the governance of emerging synthetic biology and genome editing technologies, unquote. So I know there's a lot to unpack there, but basically this is what we're going to start talking about is the ethical ramifications and some of the things we already kind of went down the road with, um, which... 
I'll throw it back to you. We'll cover these. This Ethics, schmethics. Right? Who cares? Yeah. How dare you stand in the way of progress, Shane? <laughs> All right. Uh, let us present an example. In 2002, scientists in the United States synthesized a viral genome for the first time. Viral genomes are much smaller compared to the genomes of most bacteria and microorganisms. Scientists showed that it was possible to create the polio virus. Oh, good one. Jesus Christ. Uh, from scratch and brought attention to the risk that synthetic biology could be used to develop biological weapons by bringing back a disease that uh, is that, really that not cool. Fucking, yeah. Good job, guys. Right? Yeah, good hey, fucking job. Who picked the fucking Couldn't paper done, out like, of that Fucking hat. pneumonia or something? Oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway. While this group of researchers did not intend to cause harm with their research, their work understandably raised concerns that bad actors might use synthetic biology for malicious purposes. You think? As the synthesis of the polio virus demonstrates, there are also biosecurity concerns related to synthetic biology. The U.S. government federal oh sorry the u.s government's federal select agents program regulates the possession of high-risk infectious agents like polio for research and other purposes to add federally funded research such as research supported by the national institutes of health nih that involves high-risk infectious agents is subject to additional oversight and risk management as laid out by the dual-use research of concern, DERC policy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, which is good. I mean, right? So it looks like there's some checks and balances there. Some some sort of regulation. Yeah. Um, But, last but not least, the federal government has a policy in place called the Coordinated Framework for Regulation of Biotechnology, to oversee the introduction of synthetic biology products into the market. Now, this is all fine and dandy, but the regulations mainly lie within the U.S. borders only, not other countries. Uh, While researching this, there were several rabbit holes that suggested that's exactly how COVID came to be. Scientists from China messing around with something they shouldn't have. Um, And I just want to clarify that Mm -hmm. everything I've seen that suggests that, uh, is the and that is close to trustworthy comes from very low confidence reports. Uh, so basically, I, I they yeah they say it's possible, but yeah, I mean, but and possible, that's why, however unlikely, right? And that's why, um, that's why we use word rabbit holes in there because that's exactly what a rabbit hole is, right? It's like okay, people fall down these weird fucking things. There's no fruition to them, you know, whatsoever. And so we're not yeah. saying that COVID is a thing, but we're saying you know that it adds it adds to the stack. I guess at the end of the day, you know, not saying that COVID and again, not to get some conspiracies, but not saying that, you know, it, there isn't something lab involved. It wasn't released. It wasn't something not saying that it actually was some natural evolvement. Um, I don't know, you know, jury's out on it. It's here now. So what the hell are you going to do? Right. And I remember, so not to get a side thing on his, but, and I think I might have, I might have talked about this in podcast. I'm not sure. So my mom at one time for like six years, she did. So she had a friend that she did a uh, government contract for um, basically washing all the, the test tubes and the flasks, all the scientific glass stuff at this government research laboratory. You know, they bid it. They said, okay, we can do it for this much. And they basically ran the, um, you know, that side of it. Basically. So, and it was a laboratory that was, was government funded, government owned. It was called Rocky Mountain Laboratories out of Hamilton, Montana. And I will never forget 
the the minute she started working there, she was bringing home these things. Like she'd bring home pictures of, and this is way back when. This is back in like mid eighties, late eighties when I was a teenager. This wasn't you know like ten years ago. Now you see these pictures coming out, but she would bring you know like pictures of one of the clinic uh, clinicians holding a rabbit and holding their front feet and the hind feet are still on the ground and they're standing up like this rabbit is like five feet tall mice with human ears on their neck, which now we know we do. But back then this was private. This was research. It shouldn't have gone on necessarily um, behind closed doors. Dr. Moroche. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. And I remember she brought home her brochure. There was a, there was a scientist there and I don't know if he's alive or not. Isn't it last name was Dr. Reby. Um, he was close to having a cure for cancer. And he had a brochure. He was explaining the kind of the genomes, the same thing. This is how it's breaking down. This is how we can stop. This is what we can do. And within like a week, mom comes back home and she says, oh, remember that brochure I brought home? I'm like, yeah, da, da, da. I, again, I'm like, you know, I'm a punk at the time. I don't really give a shit. I listen to half of it. But uh, evidently he disappeared. And hmm. they made him pack all of his shit and he left. And two years later, he opened up a private laboratory about 10 miles down the road called Reby Laboratories. And... I don't know what had come with that, what kind of, uh, you know, new technology they had out of his private firm, but it was just an odd coincidence that it went from that to that and including the whole AIDS epidemic. You know, I mean, we all remember the AIDS epidemic, right? Um, she brought home brochures with that and there was a couple of scientists that were teaming up explaining. And again, this is not fact. This is just something I remember that, uh, basically, it was it's it's here. This is what it is. Then it's going to turn into this. Then it's going to mutate into this. And it was correct. What they had brought home and what they had predicted is exactly how AIDS modified itself because it did throughout the you know the dead the first decade of it wreaking havoc with everything. Of course, you know it was pinned on the homosexuals, everything else, which is just nothing yeah. That but and it. Ronald Reagan were why it was so hard to treat. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. All kinds of weird shit there, but it just you know when you talk about this stuff, I can't help but to think back on times like that. Go, huh? You know, I wonder how much of that was created, how much of that was. I I don't know. I don't know. Just one yeah. of those off things, you know. Well, and I would just say also as like a media literacy moment, like if you see splashy headlines like U.S. intelligence report confirms COVID was created in Wuhan lab, like read the actual article because I bet within the first two paragraphs, it's going to say it was from a state department or CIA or fucking whatever report that and it's going to give you the confidence level. And if it's low confidence, that basically means someone in the government that they couldn't tell the fuck off said i want to know if this is a thing so they had to look into it and they had to give an answer that wasn't fuck you you idiot yeah yeah gotcha and it basically is uh we have very low confidence it's basically it's okay it could have happened but like we seriously fucking doubt it yeah yeah you know yeah and and with that particular thing i remember i think it was about six months maybe a year ago that that actual scenario happened where they were all these headlines of like Oh, like the CDC or the DOD or somebody thinks that the it could have been created in a Wuhan lab after all. And then I remember that if yeah. you go into it, it's like, oh, yeah, with with a very low confidence report. Yeah, like on a scale of 100 percent, you know, it nilled enough yeah. on the low scale. Yeah, we're not going to say it's impossible, but we really don't think this happened. Right. And, and again, as much as we like this weird shit, you know, look, bygones be bygones. You know, you really got to be skeptical. You really got to look into it. You know, it, it's just something. Else. But then again, on the flip side, you know, there's some dastardly shit going on behind the curtain 
I mean, sure. we're not going to deny that. I mean, that's just something. Oh, no. It, it takes the fun out of it for a minute unless you like shitting on the government, which I personally enjoy. Right. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Hobby number three. Well, talk yeah. about being dastardly. Let's get into it a bit. Um, so there are other organizations that have dipped their proverbial toe in the water, and we have discussed one of these uh, groups before, and that is Infamous DARPA. If you guys remember, uh, go back on our catalog and, and you'll find it. We, we talked about everything that DARPA is involved in. Um, in case you have not heard of DARPA, and they stand for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency of the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, they have experimented with the creation of biological computers, which sounds fucking cool, but... And yeah, other military bi- scientists... Biologically compute me into shape. <laughs> right, exactly. And other military scientists are trying to engineer proteins and gene products from scratch that will act as targeted vaccines or cures. This all sounds great, as long as there are guidelines in place. But then again, you know, DARPA, we talked about it. Where are those guidelines? I mean, yeah, they're there. But, I mean, DARPA's been working on shit for decades, if not on just things that I don't think nobody else really knows. So I I don't know. Guidelines is a loose term, let's say. Um, another project the scientists are pursuing is the development of engineered gene drive systems. What is a gene drive system, you ask? Well, let me tell you what a gene drive system is. Um, gene drive, which can occur naturally, is a phenomenon in which a particular gene gets passed down with a higher probability than the usual 50%. So basically they ramp up the percentages that that individual gene is going to push itself through versus a 50-50, 60-40 type thing. Right? Sure. Anyway, uh, scientists are exploring the possibility of harnessing gene drives to spread engineered genetic changes through wild populations over many generations. Engineered gene drive systems are still years away from any deployment, despite the fast pace in which this technology is being developed. But damn, you know, when you talk about it, it doesn't sound user-friendly whatsoever. Um, this could really be like a 50-50 good-bad thing And there's a quote I want to read um, from a guy named William Fitzpatrick. He is an associate professor of philosophy at Virginia Tech and a specialist in bioethics. And he has voiced this, and there's other people voicing kind of the same thing, but his quote I think kind of summed it up. Um, If the upside upside is that we can potentially genetically engineer algae to produce biofuels, as an example, uh, the downside is that we could inadvertently create an environmental hazard we cannot easily control and correct for. Um, said simple prudence therefore recommends caution and sufficient regulations to guard against potential dangers. Again, regulations, checks and balances, all fine. Organizations well, put together for that, all fine. But yeah, you got to be careful with that shit because, like, like, oh, okay, we can use this for biofuel. Let's make it so that it like fucking grows super fast or something. Yeah, whatever. Pick a super fast. Yeah, pick a pick a factor. And right? then it becomes invasive mm-hmm. and like chokes all the life out of the oceans and we're fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Like you gotta you gotta be, be really careful with shit like that because even just like through animal husbandry and importing invasive species, uh we've done a lot of dumb shit over the years. We, we like, absolutely have. Yeah. Uh like species that have they wiped about out it in ecosystems. A Simpsons episode, even you know what I mean. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Where it's like you bring in the snakes to try and kill the mice, and then you got to bring in the something to kill the, the snakes because the they ate all the mice me. and they're running <laughs> exactly. wild. And yeah, you well, know. this is what happens when you're fucking around with nature. Who you know, without us involved, work just fucking fine. And then, you know, we come along, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're changing this, and then we realize all these problems and this frog that we brought from fucking, you know, this country to take care of this problem. It, yeah, it's the same thing. I, it's, a, yeah. it's a chess game, right? When the, you're doing something, think ahead of what the 
aspects and the byproduct of doing that would be. And and I just don't, hopefully it's getting better, but I see in, in our history, we haven't done a lot of that, right? So. Yeah. Like the lab is not an ecosystem and also things that are meant to stay in the lab have a way of getting out of the lab sometimes. So right. it's like, you got to be careful. You, you got and, and we'll talk about it a little bit. There's more, again, we're not trying to be all, you know, into the world Armageddon bullshit. So there's more to it here, but well, yeah. it would be boring science dummy science hour without this. Come on. Right. We got to have some conspiracy looped into this bullshit. So, yeah. Yeah. However, there is some debate as to whether synthetic biology represents categorically different risks from those posed by other forms of biological research and genetic engineering. Uh, both genetically engineered and synthetic organisms are capable of reproducing, mutating, evolving, and spreading through the environment, which makes them riskier than hazardous chemicals. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Since the advent of genetic engineering in the 1970s, scientists have learned that artificial organisms designed for laboratory use are well, are less well suited for survival in the natural environment compared with naturally occurring organisms. So it's nice that there is a little bit of like natural safety there. Right, right, right. Then that's okay. So that puts me a little bit at ease. There's that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, synthetic biology doesn't add much to the threat of biological weapons either because DNA synthesis is an expensive process. The risk of accidents can be handled similarly to the way any potentially hazardous research is typically handled through education, systems of accountability, record keeping, all that bullshit, you know, spraying yourself off before you leave the lab. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But nevertheless, there is, concern over so-called emergent properties which could arise unexpectedly when de novo genes with no natural lineage enter the environment and interact with one another Uh, this is where uh shit could get weird right uh this is where the mutations part comes into play uh, this is especially risky for synthetic organisms that are designed for use outside the laboratory. Scientists and engineers will need to design organisms that remain stable. Uh, this could be achieved through efforts that prevent the organisms from being able to evolve new traits or that cause them to lose their designed traits. Uh, but with that being said, it is relatively easy to predict what a synthetic organism will do in its intended environment. It is far more difficult to predict how it will evolve after multiple generations of exposure to environmental pressures or interactions with other organisms. Um, yeah. So there's, so, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's a patience game to a certain point, right? So, you know, as much as we love technology and advancement and moving human beings forward with, you know, our our knowledge, you're going to sit around for like, you know, five generations to make sure something's not working. Mm, probably, probably not. You know? Well, I mean, with something so, like something major microorganisms that would take an hour, uh, a little short. Know. Yeah. Granted, granted, but, like the generation course. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're looking at a larger scale. It's just, I don't know. You know, again, there's checks and balances in place. Cool. But there's more to, so still a little freaky. Yeah. So to sum all this up, so, is synthetic biological fascinating? Of course. Is at least to us. I mean, at least we like that we picked this topic, right? Are there risks involved? Of course there are, especially if developments go unchecked with no balances or regulations in play. Especially, and this is what I'm thinking when I was doing some of this write up, um, outside the U.S. borders. You know, what about countries like North Korea? 
You know, what do you, what if they, for some reason, they get the money or the funds or the right scientists in place to start dabbling in? Or, and who say they already haven't? You know, obviously, the people running that country do not have ethics in place, right? So that's a problem. Um, we might have regulations, mm-hmm. but what about all these other countries? Um, we might have regulations, but if profit motives are uh, high enough, that doesn't yes. mean shit. Right, exactly. So, yeah, fair enough. I just sound like Jerry yeah, Seinfeld I mean, there. I realize that. Yeah. I guess a uh, good thing that the shit's super expensive. I, I Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the catalyst here, right? So, anyway. Um, did we use the words genome, synthetic biology, and other scientific terms way too much in this episode? Of course we did. You know, you can't, but <laughs> we can't talk about this without fucking using all those things. So, it's kind of hard. We didn't mean to inundate you guys, but yeah, we probably use the word genome way, way too much, just saying. But at the end of the day, you know, we feel this topic is for sure, you know, it's a double-edged sword of sorts, uh, much like harnessing kind of take nuclear power, for example. In the right hands with the right people in play, it, it changes the world. And, and honestly, it really has. But with the wrong hands and the wrong people in play, you're looking at something totally different. You know, when you're fucking around with biodiversity, at the end of the day, it's not a good, I don't think it's a good outcome. I don't think it's a good scenario if, if you don't really have the right people there and you don't have the right moral backing behind what you're doing. Um, you know, and again, you know, there's some great things that can come from this, but there's also some things that like, you know, picking the polio vaccine to bring back to life. What the fuck? You know, you couldn't pick something different there. You know, I just, I don't know that that's kind of where we're at with the whole thing. Yes. If, if I can get gene therapy and not have to go to the gym and be healthy, <laughs> yeah, right. it's worth it. And you can drink and eat whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that, you know, and look, you know, there's already things that they're starting to work on that. Like Americans are inherently lazy. Anyway, we're always trying to find fucking workarounds. You know, so, you know, I get it. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's synthetic biology. And I I really think both of us believe a thing and you can, you know, your two points. But um, I, 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 I wouldn't say it shouldn't exist. I just, you know, you're really worried about and it's like anything else. You're hoping that, you know, you get paid the right amount and people are doing the right deductions. You hope that. The guy that's changing oil in your car is doing it the right way, even though it's a simple process. Don't go to Jiffy Lube. I know, Dad. Don't go to Jiffy Lube. I don't know how they fucking stay in business. Um, you're hoping all this is in place because they tell you it's in place. But at the end of the day, are they? Are these things, especially when you're dealing with something like this? I mean, we have, well, look, sitting in your backyard, what, 80 miles away, you know, the uh, um, Dugway out there. Yeah. You know, they play with biological uh science all the time they lost oh, a yeah. vial of nerve agent like fucking four years ago nobody could fucking find it again? they shut everything down for like two well i know they did once like four i don't know if they did it again but it, it's just like we know that oh no i remember that stuff. hearing a story like that when i was a kid oh oh well they did the same thing in 1968 when they first founded the base and they killed like all the sheep and the cattle and everything within a fucking 50 mile radius because they fucked up and they didn't admit yeah. they fucked up. So, you know, and again, not adding all conspiracy theories to this, but at the same time, there are places around the world where we're dabbling in these things. Are we sure that we're doing the right thing? Are we sure we're putting the right regulations in place? Are we sure we're recommending the right things to bring back to life or to check or to do? And, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, I hate to say this, but I, I don't trust our government as far as we can throw it. I don't trust most governments as far as you can throw them personally. But... You know, there's that. So, yep. Power structures are bad. 
Yeah, not great at the end of the day. I don't know. What's your what's your thoughts, man? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh sounds like it could be dangerous. Also sounds like it could uh give me a beach body in ten minutes. So I don't know, man. <laughs> the jury's out. You're all about the beach body. You know, I'm what on can the I not do here? <laughs> Fair enough. Very fair enough. I think I am too. There's nothing in my life that's, you know, synthetic biology isn't going to stop what I'm doing anytime soon. I, I get it, but, you know, at the same time. So anyway, folks, you know, hopefully that was good for you. Hopefully you like this. Uh, again, fascinating, dry, you know, we understand, you know, there's some big techie words in there and, you know, a lot of dry history. But if we're going to do a topic, we're going to kind of cover the best we can. And so we feel we did. Um, you know, if you guys have any recommendations, anything to bring out, any questions that we didn't answer, any developments or projects that you heard of that you want to throw away that maybe we forgot, like, oh, shit, did you know they did this in the 90s? Um, feel free. Send it our way. You can write us at strangejuggles at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. What the fuck? 45. And uh, let us know. So uh, what do you got, man? Oh, fucking, you know, you can find us on social media somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Google it. Yeah, right. Just kidding. Fair enough. We're at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Strange Uncles on Twitter. There's a YouTube channel. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, that might be that might be all. So anyway. do we have a strange a strange uncles LinkedIn? Do we? Do <laughs> we strange Shut uncles up. indeed? I fuck if we do, I don't know. And I didn't set that shit up, but that would be funny. We're hiring an intern. Um, it doesn't pay much. We'll pay zero. It doesn't so. pay anything. <laughs> if you want to come, <laughs> if you want to do some write-ups. Oh, that's, you can right. Swap. that's right. How would we hire an intern with the funds from Patreon? That's you can right. find us there. If you want to support the show. <laughs> oh, and there's man, we're sitting on a mountain of funds from Patreon. Honestly, in oh, our yeah. defense, we don't ever touch Patreon unless it's something directly with the show. Um, by the way, I will throw something real quick out there. Um, I will try to remember to put them in the mail, but we did. Thank you, Josh, by the way, for working with Alex. We mentioned this a bit. Um, we did get new swag. So maybe we'll send you guys some uh, some dumb stickers here in the future. Um, look for a little plain envelope with white powder in it. You know, make sure you open that it, up. It only took like five months. Yeah, was that all it was? It was short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dropping yeah. drop the bucket. So anyway, so there's that. Um, and then again, you know, I'll be on the road. I'm going to try to record some odd things. So again, mainly for, it'll start with patrons because we love you guys and you, you know, pay us little shekels to do this. Sometimes. Yeah, we appreciate so, you. You, you, yeah. you cover the cost of keeping things running. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. It's nice. It's a weight off our shoulders for sure. So um, now cover and, the cost of me never having to get a job again. Yeah, Come on. Good luck with that. Do it. Yeah. I think we got to get a little better with our, with our shit here. If we, if we do that. Yeah. So. We might need to tighten some things up. Yeah. 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 For sure. You know, put something on YouTube instead of just, you know, waving just a talking about it every now face. and then. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, you got anything else on your side? Nah. Right. I think that's enough. I think so too. Well, folks, um, this will drop uh, around Memorial Weekend. Have a great memorial. Try not to do anything I want to do, and that's a pretty short list. And uh, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Close gates.